Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcome, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook, Pre-Arb Excellence Group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Chafin, Bad Data, and a Roster Crunch. And ask me questions if I was confusing. Last night, about 4.30, I had an NAIA baseball game I was watching on my computer, on my, on my phone. And it was, it was an, the game itself, I think it, it ended up two to one. Uh, the announcer kind of um, nodded me off. He uh, he seemed absolutely stunned when the batter hit the ball. So when there's a like a pop foul to first base, oh my gosh, he hits it to first base and, and it's foul and and it's out of play. It, it, it was it was really amusing. He was just he, he was taken aback by any action. It was really humorous, and um, uh, I, I kept waking up to him saying, "Well, it's the fifth inning. It's the seventh inning." I I wasn't really hearing the game. I was just hearing him say the game was advancing and advancing. As it got to the eighth inning, it was tied at one, and I checked on the Blackhawks game, and they were tied at one. No, they were tied at two after one period. I decided, you know what? I want to listen to my Agatha Christie book. So I was listening to... um, Mirror Crack Side to Side... For well on into the night, and this morning when I woke up, the book the book decided to stop about two thirds the way through. And when I woke up in the morning, I checked online and noticed that the Cubs had signed Andrew Chafin to what amounts to a two-year deal. I think it's two and a quarter this year. Five hundred thousand dollar buyout for next year, or two and a quarter next year. And there are bonuses for appearances and other stuff. And with Chafin, I'm reminded of Brian Dunsing. Brian Dunsing, for those of you who don't clearly remember, was a player the Cubs signed going into 2017. He'd had a terrible 2016 campaign. Terrible campaign. And the Cubs signed him for, as I remember, a rather insignificant amount. But people were very critical of the signing because he was terrible in 2016. Why are the Cubs signing this guy who was terrible in 2016? I was like, well, deal doesn't sound that expensive. And Cubs could use another left-handed reliever if he... But he was terrible last year. So in general, people were very negative toward the signing. I was kind of good with it because it seemed reasonable. And in 2017, Dunsing was fantastic with the Cubs. He was absolutely fantastic. So come the offseason, the Cubs gave him a two-year deal. And the general response was, well, that's a good signing because he did well last year. 
And my response was, well, you're giving a two-year guaranteed deal to a relief pitcher who, well, he's a relief pitcher. Oh, but he did good last year. With relievers, I don't think there's a carryover necessarily. When the pitcher is elite or semi-elite or near elite, then yeah, there's, there's a carryover. But if the pitcher is just a guy, you know, a, a functional left-handed relief pitcher, he's just a guy. What happened last year doesn't necessarily carry over at all to this year. There's, you know, a correlation. Uh, if you have 0% correlation, then it doesn't make any difference how well the player did last year because there's no correlation and he'll do completely whatever he does. If there's 100% correlation, then you want to base it entirely on last year because, well, <laughs> but nothing's 100% correlation. With relief pitchers, I don't know, what is it, 30%, 60%, 50% on correlation? Chafin was bad last year. He didn't pitch much, and when he did pitch, he didn't pitch all that well. Historically, he's been fairly good. He was a first-round pick, 40-something pick in uh, 2011 to Arizona. And generally, he's been a good reliever. He started 2020 with Boston and wasn't very good. The Cubs acquired him toward one of the deadlines. I think there were like nine deadlines last year. Um, and Boston ended up getting Cubs infield prospect Ronnie Simone for Andrew Chafin. Uh, and yeah... It, Chafin wasn't very good last year. So my, my effort is to say, okay, he wasn't very good last year. That's of no importance. Perhaps he'll be good this year. Perhaps he'll be terrible. Andrew Chafin could have a 2.61 ERA. I would not be surprised. He could have a 4.93 ERA. I would not be surprised. He could have a 7.29 ERA. I would not be surprised. I would not be in favor of missile launching him into the sun. Left-handed relief pitchers often are inconsistent. There's the starting point. Left-handed relief pitchers who are non-elite are often inconsistent. I'll start with that. I'll roll with that. I'll go with that. The Cubs needed a southpaw reliever. They don't really have any experienced left-handed relievers. And as left-handed relievers were coming off the board, the Cubs were in a financial crisis mode. And they were unable to acquire one for whatever reasons. But the um, now they have one. Chafin, I'm not sold on him. I'm not horrible on him. He, he is who he is. And at least the Cubs now have a left-handed reliever. Bad data. When there is bad data on a player, don't believe it. Don't believe it. But he did well last year. How, how, correlate, how correlative is that? 
how correlative is had a good year or had a bad year last season into this season? The entire familiarity thing is fine. I'm familiar with this guy, so I think the Cubs should bring him back. Okay, I guess that's fine. But again, you have to make the case for correlation if you're using I'm familiar with him into him being any good. Brian Dunsing was very good when he was expected to be bad. He was very bad when he was expected to be very good. There is a uh, rock act that my brother talks about. I'm not going to mention who it is, but uh, went to go see him twice. Once, eh, what the heck, I'll go see him. And they were fantastic. The next time, hey, they were really good last time. I'm really looking forward to them. And they went, and he went to see him, and they weren't really all that good. So it's like, if you expect something to be really good, sometimes it won't be. If you expect it to be, eh, well, I'll just go see what it is, then it might be really good. Correlation is a thing, and just because a player did well last year doesn't mean they'll do poorly. With left-handed pitchers, Chafin, don't be surprised by anything that he does. It's all going to depend upon does he spot the pitches where he wants them? Do the defenders make the plays? Are the defenders in the right position? Um, Does the fly ball to the track carry to the wall or does it die on the warning track that that's what it's about and it's not a it's not an easy guess and it is a guess much like a lot of, well there is very little certainty in left-handed relief pitchers that are non-elite from one year to the next The one thing about the Chafin signing that I find a bit interesting, I didn't look at the Cub reporter today, but the Cubs are getting near the 40-man limit. With Chafin, with Peterson, with Cole Stewart, the Cubs are either at 39 or 40. One of the two, I'm not sure which. But at some point here soon, they're going to have to start designating players for assignment. And it gets to be time for us to start to assume, or assess, not assume, assess, which players make the most sense for designation. And briefly, once a player is designated for assignment, the team has a week to either release them, trade them, or run them through waivers. Releasing them is rather obvious. You just release them. That's rarely the option. Sometimes it will be, but very rarely. Usually a team will either trade the player or run him through waivers, but you can't do both. Once he's put on waivers, He's on waivers and can't be traded. If he's traded, then he can't be run through waivers. So, as you assess the back end of the Cubs 40-man roster, the players who are most likely to be designated for assignment, now it gets to be the time when you start looking at the back end of the 40-man roster and decide, 
who you think ought to be the players who are designated for assignment or more likely to be designated for assignment. I have two names. I, I, I haven't looked at the 40-man roster to do this homework, but I have two names that jump out at me as far as, yeah, those two guys might well be the names that get designated for assignment when a designation is required. One of them is Phil Irvin, acquired in the offseason on waivers by the Cubs. Irvin's an outfielder, right-handed hitting outfielder, probably would fit in fairly well with the team. But depending upon this, that, and the other thing, Irvin might be a type of player who would get run through waivers because he might get, the, the Cubs might get fortunate enough to have him sneak through waivers unclaimed and they can retain him. So Irvin might be one name that might get designated for assignment. Another name that might get designated for assignment is Dylan Maples. Maples has a very good slider when he throws it for a strike, uh, except he basically walks a hitter an inning, it seems. And there are times where he'll walk three hitters in an inning and not retire a batter. So uh, Maples is high risk, high reward, and... For more often than not, it's been risk over reward in his appearances. Maples is the type who, if a team is on a pure rebuild, he might be the type that a team would be interested in. I'm thinking Colorado. I'm thinking Pittsburgh. Either of those teams might make sense as far as, yeah, sure, we, we will claim Dylan Maples. Maples is up on the DFA wire list because he has no option seasons remaining. If the Cubs try to, the, the Cubs won't be able to directly send him down to Iowa. If the Cubs designate him for assignment and he gets traded or he gets claimed on waivers, whichever one, the team that receives him would have to keep him would have to keep him on their roster for the entire season. So uh, Maples, I don't I don't know that uh, I don't know that the Cubs will have confidence in him being good enough to make the roster for the entire season. We'll just have to see. But um, if the Cubs are making a DFA wire move in the next two, three weeks, which is very possible. Maples or Phil Irvin might be logical guesses. Thanks for stopping by. Pre-Arb Excellence, I'll have another podcast up soon as circumstances warrant. I'll try to make that worth your time as well. Be safe, go Cubs go, and be nice to people.